Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. children all settled down, (laughs) trying to fill in for mom. If you would like to follow along with the scripture this morning, Psalm 104, 
verses 24 to 35. How many are your works, O Lord! In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things, both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan which you form to frolic there. These all look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth, and it trembles, who touches the mountains, and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Lord, you made this beautiful earth and everything in it. We enjoy it. We revel in your beauty. In the blue sky this morning, in the wonderful sunshine, we love the people you have made. We gather together in this house of worship to praise you and bring glory to your name this morning. As we come, we ask that you will calm our hearts and minds from the cares of the week, but that in the song, the scripture, the spoken word by Major Temple, the words you have given him to say today, that our needs will be met. We will be blessed if that is what is in store for us, we will be challenged, we will be inspired to go from this place to do your will more perfectly because we love you and want to give you our best. Amen.
Now, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to come and worship at the uh, Citadel on Sunday morning. Pleasure to come anytime. There's an advantage for the way this is happening right now. Because usually in past teamwork that Ruth and I have done, she's always sat in back of me. And she's always made it known when she thought I was too long. In fact, one time I was preaching away, and I was full of the old fire and brimstone, and I paused for just a moment, and I said, and what else can I say? I heard her say, you could say amen and sit down. <laughs> well, she can't do that to me now. She can't reach my tunic. Usher, would you take care of that rowdy person? <laughs> then I knew I was in trouble when, after writing some notes down, writing a few notes down, uh, I asked her if she would type it for me. Because I'm, I'm not a typist, I'm not a computer person. The old eyes are not working well for me. So she typed it for me. Pretty soon she came to me and she said, do you know you have six points to that sermon? <laughs> so? Amen. Amen, Sister Williams. <laughs> hey, I got some encouragement over there. Whoa. But what did she do? When I got the finished product, there's not six points there. <laughs> <laughs> And then she used the psychology on me. Remember, Andrew is having an open house starting at 1 o'clock. And she said, we want to be one of the first ones there so that we can get the finest of the food. That's her speaking. A man of this physique, you don't need all that food. I'll tell you. Well, here we are. God wants to make God wants to make a deal with you. Can you imagine the God of heaven who created the heavens and the earth wants to make a deal with us? And if you look at it strictly from a point of view of the pluses and the minus, he really gets the minuses and we get the pluses. I hope I'm going, to, I'm going to endeavor to uh, bring some of these points out. Uh, some of them were in some of the other six points that, that I had, but or five points, but she only typed up one point for me here. <laughs> Don't tell the captain, there might be another, ep another uh, episode or so to go. But do you remember that old show on television? It's still going on, in fact, at 12 o'clock today. open house and if you shoot right out of here at 1.30 after the sermon is over you missed it at 12 o'clock there's some kind of a special program my wife was telling me about Mr. Monty Hall and the come on down let's make a deal let's make a deal well first before we get started with the actual point that she allowed me. I'd like to talk to you about the, some of the scripture that 
Priza read for us. The first 39, don't because I need you afterwards. <laughs> Got to check these guys, you know what I mean? Uh, the first 39 chapters, it tells a story that's almost old hat for the children of Israel. They're hot, they're cold, they're hot, they're cold, they're in between. With God, against God, for God, against God, all that kind of stuff. And finally we come along, and here in the 41st chapter, once again, through his servant Isaiah, he says to the children of Israel, I have called you back from the ends of the earth. I've called you back from the ends of the earth. Now you and I, standing here this morning, sitting here this morning, might say, well, wait a minute, that really don't apply to me because I've not been to the ends of the earth wherever there, that is. But my friends, we have been to the ends of the earth. Every one of us, in our own way, was enslaved by sin and those things that sin causes us to do, openly or outwardly, we're at the brink of the end of the world and God comes again and says, I've called you back. I've called you back. I want you to come back. I want you to come back home. People say, oh, you're such a good person. But this morning he said to some of us here, to here I'm calling you back. You've been doing your thing. You have been doing things in my name. But I'm calling you back. From the ends of the earth. Why? I have called you back. So you can serve me. For I have chosen you. Now how many times parents... Parents face these questions every day, with the ex exception, maybe, of Scott and Debbie. With their two girls, they've never had a problem. <laughs> and how do I know that? Because both of the girls, at one time or another, have told me that they never caused their parents a problem. But they, not Debbie and Catherine, God says, I have chosen you. God chooses us in spite of those things that he may have had to, to uh, reprimand us for, in spite of those things that we possibly did that's wrong and sinful in his sight. He's called us back from the ends of the earth and he's chosen us to be his witness. There are those here this morning who God has a special calling for. We heard about some of this in Sunday school. We've heard about it over the weeks as Captain has preached to us. Not that you have to get particularly up behind the pulpit and preach the word like this, 
but he's chosen you to be a real witness and a disciple of his. He's chosen you as, as strange as that might seem. God has chosen you. He's called you. He's chosen you. He says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. But Lord, I can't speak to my neighbor. Lord, I can't speak to the guy I'm working for. Lord, Lord, Lord. Forget the Lord. He says, don't understand how I say that. Whoa. Whoa. You can forget the Lord because he's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you alone. He says, don't be dismayed, for I am your God. The very next word is just words are packed so much with power and authority. He says, I will strengthen you. I'm not going to strengthen the bandmaster or the captain. He's talking to us as individuals. And he says, I will strengthen you. You, so that you can do all these things in his names. He says, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. I'm holding you in my right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. Have you ever been called to your child's room in the midst of a night, in the midst of a storm? And the child comes in and they say, oh, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm scared. There are those of us who face many things in life that will scare us almost to death. And he says, don't be scared, don't be dismayed. For whatever you're going through, I will care for you. Don't be afraid. I will help you. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. And then he says again in that second portion, don't be afraid for I ransomed you. I've called you by name. It's not, hey, buddy. Hey, Sue. It's not that. I must make a confession. Must make a confession. The mind here is not what it used to be. And quite frankly, I have a hard time remembering names. And in a workout in Owasso with Matt and other places and even here, some people I'm introduced to and I say, I'm going to remember that name. It's important. When we were in the ARC, we knew our men by name, whether it be 75 or 125. We knew their names. And I must confess to you, there are some, even as much as I love you, there are some people here who I say, hi, buddy, hi, friend. That's a cover-up. <laughs> That's a cover-up because I must confess I don't know your name. Now, there is one person's name I know here. 
I'm not going to mention her name right now, but this lovely young lady, Bethany. Right? Is that right? Amen. I got it right. You never have to fear that God is going to forget your name. He may have dealt with thousands. He has dealt, dealt with hundreds of thousands of people. But he knows your name. And this morning, as his spirit comes to us here in this chapel at the Flint Citadel, he doesn't see buddies and friends. He sees Sue. He sees Carol. He sees Cheryl. He sees Jim. He sees Clem. He sees Carl. He sees Henry. He sees Scott. He knows us by name. Oh, how precious. There's another verse of scripture that says, your name, God speaking through the prophet, your name is written on the palm of my hand. It's not that he needs a cheat sheet so that when he looks and talks to us, he can say, oh yeah, that's Henry. But it's because we're close to him. Our name is written on the palm of his hand. He knows you by name. Oh, how precious this is, how special this is, that this would be the case. He knows us. So it's got its good points and its bad points. He knows when you're doing good. He knows when you're doing bad. So you've got to measure. You've got to see what and where and how Things are going right now with you. He says, though you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of affliction, you will not burn. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One Israel, your Savior. This text in Isaiah anticipates our needs. It meets us in our anxiety and brings us assurance. It should move us from fear to faith. It tells us what God wants to do for us. If you are a Christian, God wants you to be blessed. He longs to exchange his peace for your pain. God wants to make a deal with you. God wants to trade his fellowship for your fears. Even though there are times when fear stalks all of us, God states, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Oft times the fear of death falls upon us. And yet in Philippians 1.21, Paul says to die is gain. Or as the New Living Translation says, for me, living is for Christ and dying is even better. Death should not be held over our heads. It's to be looked forward to at the right time. 
St. Francis of Assisi was out in a garden one day when some newspaper person, some writer came along and said, what would you do if you knew that you were going to die tonight? And St. Francis, without missing his sweep, history tells us, said, I'd continue mowing my garden. What changes would you make in your life and in your lifestyle if you knew that today was the day? A number of years ago now, my mother lay in the hospital, and we knew that her time was coming to an end. And she, she lay there, and all of a sudden, she wasn't talking to any of us, all of a sudden, she started to speak. Why did he leave me? Why did he leave me? And you know, the hospital room had gotten strangely quiet. It got very, a weird quietness. And she kept saying, why did he leave me? Oh, it's so beautiful. Why did he leave me? And we know, we fear without a shadow of a doubt, that she had seen the death angel coming down. And for some reason, he left her until a later day. We're privileged at this Flint's little core. I know it's hard on the families. But we have a couple of our families here who have mothers in care facilities. I think of Wynne. God bless her. Wynne Speck with all her Michigan State green, how she loved to rub it into me that I was from the wrong school. I got the wrong upbringing. But as we visited her time and again, with eyes half closed, very weak, she'd say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why doesn't he take me? Jesus, Jesus. Not words of anger, but Jesus, Jesus. We have Aunt Loretta in the same facility by chance. Many a time she said, why do I have to stay? Why do I have to stay? Then no personal insult intended for anybody. But she said, I know why he's not taking me. He's got two fat ladies up there. He don't have room for me. <laughs> and we've assured her that that's not the case. We've also assured her that she don't make that decision. God makes that decision. Do you have an experience like that? He wants to give you fellowship for that fear. 
Some of us are stalked with the fear of failure. He wants to make a deal. He wants to make a deal. What's failure? In school, in business, in marriage? What's failure? I was supposed to be a uh, mathematic kind of a person. I failed algebra, went to summer school, got proper motivation. I had the sharpest looking, best looking algebra teacher that summer that I've ever had to this day forward from school. I got all A's. <laughs> Whoa! Is that failure? In business, in marriage. What does Paul mean when he says in Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength, the strength I need. Did you notice he did not say Christ would do it, that he would stop the failure, no, he said that he would provide the strength needed to get the job done. Too many of us, too many of us want life given to us on a silver platter. And it just don't work that way. We should not let the fear of failure override us because like a cataract, it's going to fog our vision. And pretty soon, instead of seeing the whole person, I see just an image. Is there the fear of failure in your life today? Now, you have to be careful how you answer that because we're in tough times. We don't need to tell you that. You know it. We're all in tough times. But is our God sufficient? Is he honest enough and true to his word that he says, when he says that he we can do all things through his strength. Do you believe it? Are you putting it into practice? Are you going to put it into practice? There's the fear of losing security. By this I mean security within yourself. Or are you afraid of being rejected by your family and friends or associates? Are you secure in your surroundings? Again, the scripture, where is that here? The scripture says, be not afraid, be not afraid. 
Do not be afraid. That's a resounding, that's a resounding promise by God to us this day. Paul tells us in Philippians 4.19, this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, do I want a Cadillac? Do I want to drive a Cadillac? Not with the, today's gas prices. But if I wanted a Cadillac and I didn't get it, and I'm provided with a little AVO that my wife hot rods around town with, and I get the tickets for, uh, <laughs> is that a failure on God's part? No, no. He says that our needs will be provided. Our needs. The times, the times that we need he is there to supply that need. In days of stress and strife, it is well to remember that worry is no one's friend, but everyone's enemy. Did you know, I'm sure some of you did, who are mathematicians and who go for this kind of stuff. I got it out of a book. Did you know that there are 723,692 words in the Bible? But if you search out these 773,692 words, you will search and search and search in vain if you look for the word worry. Worry is not amongst what is written in God's word. It's not in God's vocabulary, and it should not be in ours. There's the fear of the future. God knows what lies ahead. We may make plans and map out a course, but he is the driver. Yes, Nancy Schulteis, he is the GPS. Is that right? Yeah, GPS. Do not forget, again, what Isaiah says. And I, I can't hammer these words across too much. He says, do not be afraid. I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, great trouble. When you go through rivers of difficulty, when you go through fire oppression, you will not be consumed. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. No matter how great the trouble, turmoil, or difficulty, we have the choice. We make the choice. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, after his resurrection, after his resurrection, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And when you think about it, he said this to his disciples after the resurrection, he already had proven it. I am with you always. God speaks to us in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, and he says, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. That is why we can say, 
the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. He is my helper. I have serenity inside. There's the calmness in the midst of the ups and downs of life because he is with us. God wants to trade his comfort for your confusion. Oh boy, where did the time go? Why did this happen to me? Why do bad things happen to good people? At times we have confusion, not understanding why God allows us to have trials. God owns us as his own, even in tough times. Take the story of Job. With all that went down, he trusted God. And what did God warn Satan? You can do whatever you want, but you better not kill him. Could God, and I, I must close, I apologize. Good thing I don't have those other five verses, uh, points. Could God say of you this morning, could God trust you enough to say of you, you can do whatever you want to him, you can do everything, anything you want to her, except kill him. Could God say that about you? Turn my, turning flashlight on myself, could God say that about me? Whatever. Do whatever you want, but you can't, you can't kill him. When, when, when we feel that all is lost, he is there. And for not sticking to my notes, I got messed up here. God wants to strength, trade his strength for your weakness. There are many reasons for feeling weak. Sickness, regrets over past failures, conflicts with the tempter. You can name your reasons for your own sense of weakness. But in the Salvationary Songbook, we sing a song. I was going to sing a solo for you. But since Jill didn't invite me to see what the song she's yet, I want to make her suffer. <laughs> the chorus, the song though goes, when you feel weakest, dangers surround, subtle temptations, troubles abound. Nothing seems hopeful, nothing seems glad, all is despairing, everything sad. Keep on believing, Jesus is near. Keep on believing, we have nothing to fear. Keep on believing, keep on believing, and keep on believing again. What about you this morning? Are you believing? Are you believing? Are you still wallowing in your own weaknesses? I better stop. I want to ask you one more question now. We should consider his strength when weakness hits us. How can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? How can you say God refuses to hear your case? Have you never heard or understood? Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the earth? He never grows faint or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out, he offers strength to the weak. Even youths will become exhausted, and young men will give up. But those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will fly high.
high on wheels, wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yes, that's from Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. If you should be reaching out to him, because those things going with the, on within your life, there's not a better time. Do you have a need? Should you reach out? Now's the time. God wants to touch you. And I wonder if we could just sing, uh, Steve, that, that song, Just As I Am, Without One Plea. Before we get to the closing section of the service, just one time, I love this as a, a course for a time like this, just as I am without one plea. But that thou bidst me come to thee, how are you this morning? Should you come to him? The altars are open. The holiness table is open. You come as we sing this chorus. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy God was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Heavenly Father, I would pray that the words spoken this day may have been acceptable in thy sight. I would pray that as we've sat together to consider the words that's recorded in Isaiah, that we may have had open hearts and open mind. That which is accomplished will be given the glory and the honor to you. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Court Major and Mrs. Gordon Hale are going to come and take the rest of the service. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for not forgetting our names. We thank you again for the fellowship we have in this core family, and we ask that you will go with us as we meet with those of our youth who are celebrating their, their graduation from their schools and with their families. We also ask that you will go with us throughout this week, keep us faithful, and make us worthy of the many blessings you provide us. For Jesus' sake, amen. Would you stand with me, please, as we sing our benediction song, Give to Jesus Glory.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.